Hey, party people, it is 2021, and as you all know, digital PR it is on the rise. So I thought there'd be no better person to talk to than our great director of digital PR, Vince Nero, who actually just got back from paternity leave. And it might be coincidence, might not be that digital PR is just suddenly so large now that he got back. What do you think about that, Vince? Yeah, what's up, Ross? Yeah, new year, new baby for me, new baby for you. <laughs> Yeah, let's get it going. We're talking GameStop stocks today, right? Is that? <laughs> yes, GameStop. <laughs> Diamond hands will not sell. This is not investing advice for sure. But more importantly, why people came besides the stock tips is digital PR, which is ironic. So yeah, I mean, maybe GameStop has some commonalities with digital PR in a way, because that in a way people are sometimes speculating on a large return. And sometimes it can be low risk. So who knows? Maybe there's more overlap with those recent events than we might know. But maybe that's a good place to start before we go too deep in the weeds of, of our stock picks. Vince, for the people, what, in your definition, is digital PR? You want to keep the stock market thing going. I think digital PR, it's obviously, it's a link building tactic. You know, it can be very volatile because current events can definitely tie into whatever you're doing. But the digital PR, it's like you want to create some type of asset. You want to build awareness. You want to build traffic, help ranking, and all that hopefully leads to sales. So yeah, I keep saying it's a link building tactic because I think it should be part of the marketing playbook for most brands. It shouldn't be the end-all be-all for everyone, but it's definitely very effective if it's used well. One way I like to think about it internally is like with digital PR, specifically as I think people imagine it, is like what is a high link or outcome potential? Like could a hundred people link to this? Could national news link to it? I think that obviously is press relations, but in some ways I think when people think about digital PR, it's how can I get my brand and voice in front of a wide audience? And often it is going bigger or like taking that unexpected approach to content in promoting it. And there's a lot of different ways to slice that. I think even reaching to mid-tier can be PR in a way. Public relations, I think, can be spin or even interpreted as press relations sometimes. But however you get your audience in front of them, in front of your audience and drive sales, I think, communicates that. But in terms of this podcast topic, Vince, why is this so, why are we talking about this, especially right now? Why is it trending? Yeah, it's funny. After coming back from paternity, like you said, this week, you know, it was like everyone in the blogosphere in SEO world is writing about digital PR. And as with most things, it all stems back to a tweet from John Mueller. <laughs> so, you know, he basically, Google basically said or implied that they, what the tweet was, was literally, I love some of the things I see from digital PR. It's a shame it often gets bucketed with the spammy kind of link building, just as critical as technical SEO, probably so in many cases. So, you know, looking at that, I think what people like to do is just kind of imply, okay, now Google, Google must love digital PR. So you're seeing all these articles come out. So yeah, that is something was kind of the impetus, I think, trying to talk about this today. And it is always just so funny to me that John will tweet something like that and people just kind of take it and run with it. But yeah, I mean, it's an under, some of these are very underappreciated. 
And I think it's also digital PR gets bucketed in with the virality, you know, going viral. And people, I think, see a lot of digital PR as like very one-sided and don't really understand how it can tie into other goals and how it can tie into SEO. So that is something that I really enjoy about doing it and something that we do a lot of at Siege. So I think it's important to kind of clarify that and how they all play together. And yeah, there's definitely some big differences. I don't know, like what what you see from your end, having been in the industry for so long. Yeah, if you want to talk to that. Yeah, as you kind of touched on there, I think people imagine digital PR and it's like these big, fancy link bait assets, often, honestly, in the reputation of the industry off topic. And I think that does a disservice for what digital PR can be. But we try to make digital PR is a marketing strategy rather than a tactic. Like there are some great examples out there of like creditcards.com and Bankrate and they do surveys and content aimed at national news and they're just putting it out all the time. It's just high quality content. They build it into their ecosystem in terms of the design and the code base that that content lives on is emphasized with that versus just like here, let's have a microsite that just like makes a big attempt at this. That to me is good brand strategy that drives the right outcomes. And also maybe it doesn't go viral, but also doesn't put those brands at risk or rarely goes viral, but is less likely to put brand at risk. Because I think that is one of the issues that SEOs fall in line with is because when they think they're only thinking about that link outcome, you naturally do get disconnected from the brand a lot of the times. And that might be okay for mid-tier site that's a lead gen site with no actual care about brand. But I also question like what the long-term viability of those kind of businesses are honestly long term and then in turn what is the impact of that work being done yeah and i mean you've actually seen cases of sites that do put out some crazy viral piece but it's not necessarily related to their brand per se and they're getting a ton of links from kind of off-topic sites i think you've seen sometimes it looks like the traffic almost drops after the fact because google's realizing here's this influx of links which is great but then all of a sudden it drops off. So is it really that great? <laughs> yeah, and it's even possible that kind of relates to, could be correlative, it could be causative. Maybe this business is just not thinking about the right things from like a site quality standpoint. That's another reason like tying into a strategy is just to me more cost prohibitive because when we think about better link outcomes for a client, like we just did a full redesign for a client and their link outcomes have gone up it's, it's short sample size, but in the 50% range just from doing that. But every other page on their site is going to be lifted as well as compared to like, let's just throw this link bait thing that has no connection to actual user value over here. And to me, that could also be, I think you're completely right, Vince, that that can happen. But I'm sure that other thing is happening too, where it's just not a quality site. And then for some other reason, it gets pulled down and then the links never have the chance to be lifted up. Right. So yeah, either way, you're kind of screwing yourself there. Yeah, it's really <laughs> philosophy in some ways, I think is part of the rub with some of those things. It's like, yeah, links could lift you short term, but that's often disconnected from user experience. And good digital PR to me is connected to it, which in turn is tied to product. Yeah, we've talked about this before, I think a lot, but what's a success for one industry is not necessarily a success for another. And you can essentially go viral within a, smaller niche industry and you're going to have much more success you know if you are a construction company and you create some great asset and you get a ton of 
coverage in the construction industry and you're getting backlinks, these relevant backlinks from construction news sites, that's a win in my book. It might not be as sexy as some of these other viral pieces that are being published out on like more mainstream news brands, but that doesn't mean it's any less successful for that specific brand. So it definitely comes down to outcomes, expectations of, of the client and like, you know, goals tying back to different products. I mean, that that is one thing I like to talk about this too, but like getting category page, product page links from digital PR, that's, that's a tough ask, but definitely worth talking about because that is something that I think a lot of people would love, but it is really tough. And that's probably why we do see such crappy content out there sometimes <laughs> because it's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we accomplish it through tying things in semantically. So for our clients, it's maybe it's a business credit card survey and then they have the business credit cards page. And when we have that relevancy, when we pitch that content, we can get a link around 30% of the time to that category or product page link because it's relevant, it's related. And you can like, and it adds value to the users very often because it's talking about the subject. So we don't get that much pushback. And of course, we can internally link that builds topic authority. All of those things make sense. And it's just another reason why you do these things is you're going to, you'd much rather have even the sub page with a ton of links that says business credit card as anchor text might help build the overall authority for the site for that same thing, even if you're not getting a direct link to that category page through the process. Right. What are some other industries you see this working in, Vince, more often than not? I feel like a lot of the examples I see are in like the travel space, or at least a lot of creative ones are in the travel space. But yeah, maybe the less, keep calling them less sexy, you know, the less interesting to the layman, like business, finance, finance definitely does a lot of like those types of surveys. Again, like that's not necessarily going to get you front page on you know, Mashable or something like that, but it's going to get you links from financial publications, which is important. So I, I would say those are some of the big ones. I mean, you know, definitely like think of like fashion industry. Those can be kind of fun. I, I've seen a lot of people do some fun campaigns there. Thinking about it from like a business justification point of view, I do think this makes more sense more often when you have a high link value. And our way of quantifying that is dividing the number of links they have by their monthly, their traffic value on HRS or SMrush or the actual sales you're doing. And that will tell you what the value per link per month is. And insurance and finance, as you touched on, Vince, it's often 1K plus per month. So in those instances, just getting value out of the link, if that's a worst case scenario, can more likely validate that idea. But if you're in wedding, the link value is often like 20 bucks because you can so easily generate links through rankings of top and middle funnel pieces. So to me, unless you have just the strongest product tie-in where there's clear secondary KPIs that are very strong, just doing that for links is just lighting money on fire, actually, in my <laughs> opinion. That might be an aggressive take. And honestly, in fashion, sometimes I think that's true too. Like if it's driving sales and the secondary KPI is great, if you are looking at the bottom line and you think there's really links, a lot of fashion companies can generate a very low cost per link on average. We actually have seen that in our assessment because they're generating so many links just out of the gate without doing much. So putting a value, you better be effectively have to go viral for it to move the needle, which is a precipitous like line to walk with this strategy. 
Yeah, and another thing to kind of think about when you're talking about links is I think we've seen from some clients and some other agencies basically like reporting links that they've gotten from affiliate or scraper sites that are just basically like reposting the content that like earned links and calling them new links for their clients. So you have to kind of watch and gauge the actual outcomes. If, you know, one major news site publishes something and then 10 scraper sites pick that same exact, you know, word for word post, if they're not doing it right, that can actually kind of hurt you. And I, and I think it kind of bloats some of these stats that you see sometimes where people are saying these campaigns got a thousand links or something like that, especially in some of those tough industries. Yeah, you're 100% right. I feel bad for the clients that get manipulated by that. Like, you shouldn't be reporting on those values. I can understand maybe like doing the macro view of what was in HRS. It's kind of hard to like pull out every single link. But on your link report to that client, you shouldn't say you got 60 links if just you really got two, you know? And people get deceived by that. And I, we've had clients in the past who like compared us to scraping sites like that. And this doesn't mean they can't occasionally pass value. Our quantifier and one way to check that is Google the URL. Is it getting indexed by Google? If so, maybe it can pass value. Because there's examples like Yahoo Finance will use other sites. And I think sometimes Yahoo gets indexed because of their raw authority, even though it is a scraper version of another site. And maybe that passes value. I think it's more arguable. So that could be a good way of, of thinking about valuing this. Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that all of those things are terrible, like getting traffic from those sites is still going to be good if they're good sites, you know, but it's just when, yeah, if you're getting manipulated by an agency. One easy way to tell, little pro tip, if you're looking at Ahrefs, they give you little snippets of the anchor text and you can kind of see, you just kind of eyeball. If you're looking at a backlink set, like a post that somebody has said has gone viral, you can kind of eyeball the ones that are just repeats of the same exact post because it'll have the same URL, it'll have the same text, the anchor text preview that you'll see there, same title tag usually. So yeah, that's kind of the way that I think I usually eyeball it when I'm looking at those metrics. I agree with that. That's a great way of, of checking it quickly. And another thing to do on top of that is like anytime you see a piece that gets reported as viral, the immediate check I do is what what is the actual traffic impact? Because if it truly, it should make an impact. If there's not an issue. And to me, if you're effectively, we're all hired digital PR firms, people that do digital PR to move SEO needle as a primary KPI. So if you are admittedly doing that without knowledge that it's actually going to help, that's an issue. And no one's perfect, of course. We all have occasionally have campaigns where in sites that lose traffic, but check that second benchmark because that's probably a good indicator. They did have a lot of scraper sites or it was off topic or site's broken, if you then go check if their organic traffic for the whole site and it hasn't moved. Uh, and that should be the clearest indicator that this is actually stuff that drives value. Yeah. And I want to kind of reiterate one thing, one note that we've talked about, and it's something that you've always been really good at. And, you know, in like the five years I've been at Siege, it's something that you've been great at reinforcing is when you see a post out there, if you see a post that's gone viral for some brand, so important to look at the relevancy to the initial brand that put that out. I know we talked about it before, but it can really be easy to look at these results that other brands are getting and think that they're replicated in your industry, but not always going to be the case because like I said, it is really tough sometimes, especially in some of these niche industries to get a super viral 
ultra linkable posts going. So, you know, that's why it becomes really important to think about the big picture and how, you know, can you look at search volume? Can you can you create something that is super linkable, but also ties in the search volume? There are other ways to kind of like even out the scale if you're in a tough industry that doesn't have like inherent interesting, you know, maybe it's like a quote unquote boring topic. You can kind of even that out with some other tactics. So like looking at search volume, I think is an easy one. And that is something that we do a lot of just trying to tie it all together. You made me think of something you said earlier, Vince, that I think is a great way of encapsulating this is if you're in construction and you get those high quality construction related links, effectively, you've gone viral in that audience. All that matters to you and your business should be to go viral within your audience. Like if that construction company is going viral in the true sense that my mom is talking about it, (laughs) to me, that is almost, I would bet 99% of the time is bad marketing in some way. It's like, doesn't make sense. It's off brand. But it's like, your goal should be with good marketing is to, if you can get everyone in that audience aware of you through that work, that's great work. That's product-led PR because you've reached your full audience. And I think that is maybe the right way to think about it. And that can be more possible in B2C where your mom talks about it because everyone can wear a t-shirt. Maybe not everyone is this specific like positioning of that t-shirt, but yeah, I think that that might be a neat way of thinking about for your own businesses are, are you, you want to go viral within your own audience? How do you saturate your own audience with content quickly? And that maybe that's the ultimate goal of digital PR. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to kind of tie it up. I think the one last thing that I was going to mention to put a bow on this GameStop thing that we started with is (laughs) another challenge with digital PR is, and especially when you're looking at these larger posts that are where you're targeting the general public and not just your specific industry, is that the general public is going to be much more susceptible to current events and other things that are going on in the world. And you might have spent a ton of money on this great post, but it gets pitched the same day that, I mean, this happened to us last year, it gets pitched the same day that they call COVID a pandemic. And like, nobody wants to post about whatever funny dog names when they're talking about every news station is talking about pandemic. So those things happen. And that is kind of just the nature of the beast when you're looking at the news cycle. But like, that is why it is so important to kind of think about your industry and think about also just how this plays into your larger strategy. Yeah. And it's possible to be evergreen and digital, like high impact and evergreen. I think that is one thing that ties into your thoughts there, Vince. Is there's pros and cons, of course, if it's about coronavirus and you happen to publish at that moment, higher chance of higher impact. But on the other side, you can talk about some amazing piece on, I think we can talk about digital PR for years, even though it is hot right now, it has been a thing for years and we could keep talking about that. And it's a little more evergreen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great content's great content when you say it. It is going to last. So that that should be the smell test for any of this. Yeah, I, th- I think the takeaway is buy more stocks, read Wall Street bets <laughs> on Reddit, diamond hands, donks only <laughs> go up, and please subscribe, give us a review, and <laughs> share this share this podcast if you liked it. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.